Good evening, I'm Christian Rasguera, and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. So let's start by dissecting the news. President Rodrigo Duterte has announced that he would indeed run for vice president next year. But he also clarified that this would happen or depend on his daughter Sara's plans in the 2022 elections. If she ran for president, Duterte said he would back out, and so would his assistant and Senator Christopher go for president. At least based on her response, Sara Duterte didn't like what's happening. In fact, she said her father had confirmed to her that he would indeed run with Go as his presidential candidate. She said Duterte and Go should just admit this in public. In that same meeting, Sara said her father gave her two options. Support the Go-Duterte tandem or accept Go as her vice presidential candidate. What exactly is happening here? Not just within the ruling PDP Laban party, but also within the first family. Are we seeing a real rift ahead of the 2022 elections? Or is this more of a show? To be part of our discussion, send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. Joining us tonight is attorney uh, Tony Lavinia, former dean of the Ateneo School of Government. Also with us is uh, Pro Professor Francisco Magno, a professor of political science at De La Salle University. Good evening, gentlemen, and thank you for joining us on the program. Evening, you. Good evening, good evening. Okay, first let's get this out of the way. I'd like to ask about the uh, the constitutional basis or the lack of it of President Duterte's uh, plan to run for vice president. I'd like to ask first, uh, Attorney Tony Labina, does the Constitution allow a sitting president to run for vice president afterward? Unfortunately, yes, the letter of the law uh, does not disqualify uh, anyone who is a citizen, who is 40 years old, who is a, a natural born citizen, resided in the Philippines for 10 years. That's the only requirements to be to be uh, to be president, able to read and write, that's a, that's a requirement. But otherwise, uh, it doesn't say uh, you are disqualified if you were formerly the president of the Philippines. But the spirit of the constitutional provision is that the vice president should not be an ex-president because that's a way of the ex-president to become president again. And that's what's not allowed by the constitution. So in which case can President Duterte run for vice president knowing that if he wins uh, the vice presidential post, he could become president again through succession? Uh, yes, because uh, that speculation that the president will die or the president will resign, you know, that's not a certainty, right? So you cannot decide on an uncertainty. Uh, as I said, the spirit of the law is clear, but the letter of the law allows him to, in fact, uh, run for president. Okay. I'm sure that the Comelec will uphold that. And um, of course, I cannot speak for the Supreme Court. I respect the Supreme Court's independence on this, but uh, you know, uh, there's a clear legal text uh, on which they can rely for their decision. Okay. Last night, uh, our guest was uh, former Comelec Chairman Christian Monsod, who was also one of the framers of the 1987 Constitution. I asked him this specific question, but according to him, President Duterte could not run for vice president anymore because that particular provision should not be read by itself, but should also be read in the entirety of the Constitution. Uh, basically, he also mentioned the spirit of the Constitution. He also mentioned the fact that this was a uh, social justice Constitution in the fact, uh, and given the fact that there is a term limit uh, for the president, six years, and also based on the deliberations by the Constitutional Commission, he should not he would not be allowed under the Constitution. But yes, as I said, spirit. But the text is very clear, Christian. Who can run for president? 40 years old, uh, natural born citizen, resident of the Philippines for 10 years, able to read and write, period. Okay. Nobody else, no other disqualification, no other additional qualification except okay. those four. And of course, it remains to be seen whether President Duterte would indeed file a certificate of candidacy for vice president. Uh, the deadline is October 8th. It, the start of the filing is October 1. That remains to be seen. And if he doesn't file, this will be water under the bridge. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to ask Professor Kiko Magno, uh, if you're President Rodrigo Duterte, why would you even consider running for vice president? And make it public at this time. 
uh, uh, Christian, of course, uh, you would like to continue unfinished business. So uh, at the same time, there are uh, many supporters. Uh, and of course, the argument is that uh, one term is too short. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the usual uh, explanation. Okay, of course, we're engaging in this conversation uh, in the context or in the assumption that President Duterte is serious and won't change his mind, okay? Uh, for all you know, he might change his mind or a statement later on. But again, what unfinished business are we talking about here, especially given the fact that uh, in our political setup under the Constitution, the Vice President doesn't have any real powers? Uh, Professor uh, uh, and then I'll go to you. Yeah, sure, Professor Kikumana. Professor, of course, uh, uh, there's uh, there's a coalition of uh, of various uh, 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 politicians that are supporting the the president. So uh, there is a lot of pressure for him to continue, and uh, I think that that is the a very basic reason. Of course, uh, he I think he also mentioned that uh, uh, he he wants to run again, so he would be. Uh, protected from any lawsuit but uh i suppose the, that's not uh that's not a good reason because uh, the vice president is is not uh, immune from lawsuit yeah uh, attorney uh, tony no immunity oh. for the vice president as shown by the case filed by the pnp against uh vice president len robredo so what legal protection are no, no, yeah that's a canard because precisely he's not uh he's not uh Protected. He mentioned the war against drugs and insurgency as to as to sort of unfinished uh, unfinished business. But again, you're right. Uh, the vice president has nothing to do with with that. I mean, so uh, you know, this one way of understanding this, uh, Christian, is uh, the president is a wily politician. You know, he wants to confuse everyone. Uh, and that's why uh, he's doing this because it confuses everyone. There's like you know, uh, uh, people are speculating: are, are the father daughter really? Do they really mean this? Are they really fighting, or is this just drama? Uh, a drama to distract us from from what the real plan is, which is that Sarah will 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 run and she wants Sarah to to win. Um, so 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 there's that. I mean that in fact. And the president will keep on doing this up to the end. You know, I mean, uh, um, he will, to be honest, even if there's an end of the election, uh, if he doesn't like the results, he can, you know, um, use the insurgency, the war against drugs and say, maybe the military should take over that kind of, that kind of thing. He will not stop. That's his nature. You have to understand, I've studied the man for 50, for 30 years or 40 years since, since, since 87, I mean, I followed him. I like him, actually. I'm a fan of him as a politician, uh, you know, not as a, as a governance person, but as a politician. I think he's very bad at governance, but excellent at politics in the, in the you know, in the, in the pure, in the, in the, not purest, but in the, in the most raw sense of politics. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and and uh, he's, he, he thinks 24-7 uh, about these things. I mean, uh, and now, since he seems to be in better shape uh, physically than he was six months ago, uh, that's why he's doing this. Um, okay. But uh, this is not about the country. This is not about national interest. This is not about unfinished business. This is just about Duterte playing with our minds. Okay. I'd like to ask Professor Kiko about that. Very interesting observation from Attorney Lavinia. Uh, you're a fan of him as a politician, but he is bad at governance, according to you. So we're looking at someone who knows how to play the game. My question for you, uh, for, for you, Professor Kiko, uh, what good could it bring to the people, to the electorate, if the sitting president, an outgoing one, is playing politics this way? Uh, I think there are also negative aspects because, uh, as you see, uh, uh, the president uh, made a career out of uh, dividing uh, the, uh, the the political uh, uh, contestants between us and them. So it's between the administration and the opposition. Uh, but uh, with the way things are going, uh, uh, he might be able to unite uh, during his time the different factions. But uh, 
as uh, we grow nearer the uh, filing of uh, candidacies and the election itself, you you would see now the rips emerging. So you see uh, you see politics in the Philippines is characterized very much by factionalism, not so much by uh, by party lines. Uh, of course, we have political parties in terms of uh, the name, uh, the brand on paper, on paper. But uh, uh, there are as many. Uh, Factions. There are as many parties as as uh, candidates who would like to occupy a position. So what's interesting here, Christian, is uh, is uh, you see first the, uh, the the breakup of PDP PDP Laban into factions, two factions. Mm -hmm. uh, just because uh, you have more than one uh, candidate for president, but uh, we are now seeing that even in in the family, in the Duterte family, we are seeing factions. Okay, so you, you see two rips here within the ruling party and within the first family, but the common denominator is the sitting president who is a member of both, right? Uh, Attorney Tony, um, what, what do you make of this uh, uh, response in a statement coming from Mayor Sara Duterte to what the president had said? that he would run for vice president, but there was uh, a qualifier that was uh, inexplicably, inexplicably uh, removed in the uh, airing of the tape uh, addressed by the president. He said that that would be dependent on the decision of Sara Duterte, whether she would run or not for president. Uh, you know, I've, I've been listening to people about this and many people who don't understand Davao politics and the relationship between the father and the daughter say this is all drama. They're actually, they have a plan uh, and it's all a destruction and it will, in the end, it will, this will be Duterte, Duterte, uh, certainly Sara Duterte and maybe someone else. Uh, uh, but I actually don't, don't, don't buy that. Because again, I've also studied um, this family and especially the father and the daughter when they were mayor and vice mayor, and they did have a lot of fights, uh, a lot of tension on big on big things. I mean, uh, where the where the father being the vice mayor and control the council would undermine the daughter uh, on certain things. I mean, um, so so I I think this is legitimate. Uh, I think Sarah, it's a legitimate fight. There's a there's a real fight. I think Sarah doesn't want the father to be running as vice president. Sarah doesn't want to run under PDP Laban uh, because she wants to start her own, you know. Uh, this is also a political calculation that if she runs as like a Duterte uh, heir, uh, 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 too tight with his father, that he will, she will also lose some votes because of that. Uh, being a Duterte, she gets the benefit of being a Duterte, but she also wants politically to to, to have some kind of independence uh, over that. You, you can see that the popularity of Duterte uh, doesn't actually translate into the support for either of them because the popularity is 60-70%, but the vote is only 20-25%, right? Mm. So you can see that it doesn't follow. If Duterte is popular, that the, the people, the same people that are being surveyed are going to, to vote for them. So, so there is no, no link between the popularity of the president, current as president, and they're running as, as vice president. They, they are in a better position because they're better known. They, they, have, the, they have the platform. They have the bully, uh, bully pul pulpit right, right, right now. So this is a real uh, uh, tension. I think the father wants to run as vice president and believes he can get away with it, believes that they can actually win as Duterte, Duterte. Risky, but he believes that they can they can win. I think Sarah is resisting that. Um, and that's why she's building her own alliances and certainly not using PDP Laban for that purpose. She insulted PDP Laban in her statement uh, okay. as, a, as, a, as a sitcom, right? Okay. As a sitcom. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see that the... The, there's animosity to, to PDP Laban, you know, very real. There's an apology to the mother, that, that's another hint, because, you know, the mother is actually more influential with Sarah than the father. Mm -hmm. uh, all of us know that, that have followed them. So, so that's that, 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 there's that real 
real tension uh, 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 between them. But of course, they're father and daughter. And of course, in the end, it matters who wins or not. So the okay. question is, will the supporters of the president, many of whom are currently with Sarah, some are with the president in PDP Lawad, but not all, you know, not all, uh, will they tell Sarah, we're sorry, Sarah, but you have to go with the president. Or you go, you have to go with what the president is asking, which is bongo. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that that I think that's just a proxy. I think what he really means is I want to be the one uh, to be running with Sarah. Okay, uh, let's, let, let's look at the underlying principles here. I'd like to ask our Professor Kiko Magno. Um, isn't it quite tragic, or at the very least, quite disappointing that uh, we know that politics here in the Philippines is so personality centric? personality-based, but here we are somehow as a nation presented with the spectacle of a father and daughter rift in connection with the presidential campaign or presidential election next year. I mean, what does this say about uh, the kind of politics that we have here in the country and the kind of politicians that we opt to elect? Uh, it shows the weakness of our democratic institutions. So uh, we have a weak uh, political infrastructure. And also because uh, our, our uh, laws doesn't uh, ban uh, switching to other parties. There are no penalties. There is no, uh, there is no policy against uh, political turncoatism. Uh, and uh, therefore, because we have uh, weak political parties, we also have... Uh, uh, poor political education because in uh, many democratic countries, political parties are vehicles for uh, promoting uh, political education because political parties want to distinguish themselves against one another. So therefore, they have to embark on uh, on political and civic education. So they want uh, to to attract new voters. That's why they're civic education. So uh, that therefore translate to a weak. Uh, uh, political decision making on the part of voters because uh, they, they are left with no choices. Uh, uh, remember that uh, in uh, democratic systems where you have uh, strong political parties, you have a process of choosing candidates. Uh, but uh, where the parties are weak, it's it's like the candidates uh, choosing themselves uh, and their supporters and then uh, looking around for parties that can support their candidacies. Sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> Sometimes pwede siya ikumpara sa pagpili ng pelikula, di ba? Sometimes you choose uh, an actor or actress that will be best suited for a particular role, di ba? Not uh, do a film that would suit that actor or actress, di ba? In this case, you mentioned a process of selecting candidates. Yes, there is such a thing as a process uh, within our political parties, but is that the proper process, di ba? For example, the ability to win, which is actually the primary uh, criterion here, no? So, may isa pa akong gusto idagdag, and I'd, I'd also like to ask this, uh, I'd, I'd also like uh, uh, Attorney Lavinia to answer this. Uh, pero first, si, uh, Professor Kiko, in the case of Sara Duterte, do you think uh, she has achieved a certain level of gravitas or influence or popularity to actually make a credible run for the presidency on her own, with the support, of course, of other political um, groups, or figures, but without necessarily the support of the president? Uh, she has been a mayor for a number of terms. Uh, I think she was also vice mayor. So she made her mark in uh, local politics. But uh, she now becomes a viable candidate because of the Duterte name. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have to consider that, the links. Uh, as you mentioned, there is a lot of... Uh, of uh, popularity, uh, the popularity factor. So the, uh, there's a lot of populism, really. Uh, uh, so so uh, I think that that's a, that's a key factor why uh, she is now a viable candidate. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, would you say that that's enough as uh, as a mayor? Uh, well, she has popularity, and uh, and since there are resources that she can mobilize. Uh, uh, I, I think that uh, makes her a viable candidate. But uh, I, I, I would agree with you that uh, is that enough? Uh, and the fact that she has no party. Uh, in the discussion we're having, there are supposed to be primaries in political parties. So you invest in a career as part of a political party, as part of an advocacy. Because if you're a member of a party and 
you you stay in that party you are committed to the programs of the party but uh what do we have now uh, uh, there are no uh, uh firm uh, foundations no so uh in the case of sarah's uh, mayor sarah she has no uh well she has a regional party uh, and therefore she uh, she has not reached that level where uh she she can actually be a let's say a national well, uh, she hasn't occupied a national position. Attorney uh, Tony. You know, I, I agree with, with um, uh, Professor Kiko about, about Sara. It's three terms as mayor. That's This is her third term. She, she didn't even do, I think, she, no, she was never vice mayor or any other position, but this is her third, uh, third term. She's been a relatively good mayor, by the way. Uh, like, like Mayor Duterte was a good mayor when when she he was a good mayor because he entrusted the running of the the city to to professionals i mean and and sarah i think even more uh both the professionals but also this she does pay attention she's not as a as much of a political you know um not as political as as the father um but certainly she doesn't have uh like the father didn't have the national experience. But you know, Christian, my problem with that answer is uh, Ninoy Aquino also did not really have that kind of experience. Uh, you know, just three years in the Senate and and congressman and, and really didn't uh, ha uh, have that. Um, uh, you know, um, who else? Um, you know, some of the candidates that we've we've had in the past, Miriam Defensor Sanjay, very popular. Um, you know, uh, Arab, of course, at least Arab had six years of a national uh, position as vice president running the, not as vice president, but running the the, the anti-crime body of President, of, of president Ramos. I mean, uh, the same way that VP Robredo has had the national experience now of, of running national programs, even if it's a bit, uh, if it's a bit marginalized. I mean, uh, certainly uh, FVR, had a big experience, uh, uh, that wide experience. Gibo uh, Chidoro had that experience, but that, that's not how we we select our our presidents. I mean, I've really come to the conclusion that only populist candidates can win in this country okay. uh, uh, a national election, okay. um, and that's why you know, you know in this election, I don't I don't know if you will. Uh, I'm sure Pacquiao, uh, Mayor Pantavelli said earlier today that. He thinks uh, uh, Senator Pacquiao will will declare uh, soon. Um, uh, I don't know about Mayor Isco if he will also declare soon. But they're populist candidates. As Grace Poe was a populist candidate, I think these candidates have a better chance of uh, of winning national elections uh, because huge numbers of our populate populist, including it's not the poor, by the way, uh, including the rich, A, B, C. They go for populist candidates also. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily go for the for the educated, the, the one with a PhD or the one with the with the, the biggest experience. Uh, it, it's it's it seems to be ingrained in our in our culture. So for me, the the question is, who's the better populist? Who has the better experience as the populist? Uh, what popular programs are programs are really good? Are really anti-poor? Are really pro social inequality? Social equality because that's the biggest. For me, the biggest problem in the Philippines is the inequality of our the inequality in our society. So yeah. uh, I think that's where we are. Yeah, and uh, I think we also need to be uh, to make the the public, the viewers aware that what we have here in the Philippines is, of course, elite democracy, which explains why, despite such a big population, we have such a fractured system that could only provide better opportunities for the elite in terms of running this kind of democracy. So this is a segue for my question uh, for, for both of you. But first, I'd like uh, uh, Professor Kiko to, to respond to that. What does this say? What does this say about our democracy? That, uh, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's remove in the discussion the fact that, of course, Sara Duterte has the experience. And perhaps uh, she is one of the most competent, uh, possibly, as a candidate for the president. Let's make that assumption. But what does it say about the kind of democracy that we have when uh, after a Duterte who served for six years in Malacanang, the other viable candidate is another Duterte 
who happens to be the daughter. I mean, don't we have any other choices here? This is not necessarily to denigrate the the achievements of the other Duterte, but we need to talk about this in the context of the kind of democracy that we have. Uh, Professor Kiko. So again, uh, we we go back to the issue of popularity. Uh, the the current president is is, is still a very popular president. So uh, people tend to uh, make choices on the basis of uh, who they know. Uh, it's not really a, about making choices on the basis of uh, uh, what uh, what uh, they want uh, the Philippines to be in terms of. Uh, uh, changes in programs, uh, policies that will uh, lead to a better quality of life, a better environment, a better society. So uh, it speaks about the low quality of uh, democracy. And uh, uh, we can look at democracy in terms of uh, its liberal characteristics, like uh, having, we, we do have regular elections. Uh, uh, but then when it comes to the, the practices, uh, uh, I believe uh, Attorney Tony can and speak better about the constitutional framework. Uh, the, we, we do have a system of checks and balances in, on paper, but uh, it uh, really matters on who the people are occupying these uh, various institutions where you actually have checks and balances. And then you also have a non-elected elected uh, leaders in various uh, institutions. Uh, and you also have uh, uh, the importance of, uh, of fostering uh, deliberative the, the democracy. Uh, I mentioned already the, the weakness of our political parties. And if we do have strong political parties, this party should have party institutes, uh, some kind of think tank, uh, yeah. performing think tank functions. So in this case, uh, this uh, party institute should be coming up with studies regarding the problems of the country. And that becomes the basis, therefore, of party programs, why certain policies are being pursued. And uh, therefore, uh, there is a need to uh, foster a deliberation. Uh, otherwise, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, we think of democracy just as a matter of uh, of uh, of choosing uh, leaders, not exactly what they represent. Okay. So, therefore, there is a weakness in terms of representation uh, because representation should not be just a matter of having leaders to represent you. You okay. should be represented on the basis of of ideas and advocacies. Okay, I'd like to read a comment from one of our reader uh, viewers. Uh, in response uh, to, to what uh, Attorney Tony said earlier about Sara Duterte, uh, the response was, Sara is a dynastic successor and a big beneficiary of both power and wealth descending from her father. Theatrical or not, the quarrel is not to be stretched to any plot to destroy each other. Ridiculous. Anyone who buys it is a five-star fool. <laughs> so one of the comments. Uh, inga, Attorney uh, Lavinia, inga, what do you think of that? I mean, aren't we left with, don't we have other choices who could actually be much better choices and are equally viable choices? I mean, Duterte, yeah, I mean, well, 2016 to 2022, and then afterward, another Duterte is vying for the position? No, well, the, the very fact that uh, another Duterte right after one Duterte is vying for a position is obviously says a lot about the state of our of our politics right and also the state of our dynasties uh but this has been building on for years this did not happen overnight uh you know and that's why you had also uh a daughter of a president gma becoming becoming president a son of a president uh cory aquino become so so let, let's let's be clear about this that this has been building on in our system for a while already and it's reached its apex uh its apex now, but certainly none of this is uh, is a done deal. Um, is a done deal for the Duterte's uh, uh, Christian. I mean, uh, because I uh, uh, I don't think that they will necessarily win whatever whatever uh, tandem they eventually 
uh, come up with. The campaign will be decisive and this will be an issue against them. Um, their big strength, of course, uh, uh, is Mindanao because the, the, the vote there is going to be regionalistic. But that's now threatened by Pacquiao, uh, who can get, if he runs a very good campaign, a big chunk of votes in in uh, Mindanao, win or lose in that last fight. It's very clear that he will get. That's why they have been focusing on on uh, on Pacquiao and also on Moreno, because and this is where we go back to populism, because uh, and also about elite democracy. Christian, you said it's about elite democracy and the rich, but these two candidates, and I think they will be candidates, are going to be our first candidates who, who do not come from the rich, who do not come, or at least from the educated rich, right? Uh, because you have, you have people who are not that rich, but they became lawyers, they became successful, and then, then that's when they run. But, uh, but Moreno, uh, Mayor Moreno and Senator Pacquiao really come you know, from the poorest of our society. And it's the first time that we have viable candidates that will that will come uh, uh, from that. I mean, so but, I'm, but, not, I'm not endorsing them, uh, but what but, I'm saying is, uh, if they run a good campaign, uh, uh, they will get the imagination, uh, uh, not of the rich, because the, the elite will probably reject them. The elite that voted for Duterte, huh? and I'm, I'm talking about the elite that voted for Duterte, the elite that votes for the winners all the time, will probably reject them because they're poor. But they could get the, you know, um, the the same kind of votes that uh, that um, Arab uh, uh, took in 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 1998. Uh, yeah, just just before we take a break, just to put the discussion on elite democracy in context. You mentioned uh, Manny Pacquiao and uh, Isco Moreno. Of course, that's true. But imagine what they had to do or go through to reach this point to become viable candidates. The other had to become a sports, not just boxing icon worldwide we win eight uh, division titles. Then the other had to really uh, rise from being a scavenger to become the, the mayor of Manila. I mean- And studied very hard to get there. Very hard, yeah, yeah. And he did two courses, especially Harvard, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. so this can be also seen as more of an aberration than, than the rule, which is of course dominated by the elite. So, anyway, we're going to take a quick break after the fact, we'll be right back. Welcome back to After the Fact. We're still joined by Professor Francisco Magno of the LSL University and Attorney um, Tony Lavinia, former Dean of the Ateneo School of Government. Okay, during the first half of our discussion, we talked about the Duterte-Duterte rift and the rift within the PDP Laban. At this point, let's talk about the other uh, possible or viable candidates for the 20, 2022 presidential election. I'd like to start uh, with uh, Senator Manny Pacquiao, uh, Professor Kiko. What's happening within the PDP Laban party? He was booted out as a party president, but he's still uh, part of the political party. Can this be considered as some sort of another rude awakening for a neophyte politician, especially at this stage in the game? We know that during his first foray in a House seat, he lost. But gradually, he was able to build this name as a politician. But of course, whether that is enough is another question. But what's happening to him here at PDP Labat? Can that be considered as another rude awakening? Uh, yes, uh, uh, Christian, uh, we have to look at the, the parties in terms of uh, uh, these parties having their uh, front front runner for president. So it appears that in the case of PDP Laban, uh, Pacquiao, uh, uh, while, while one of the contenders was did not get the support of uh, of a large number of uh, the supporters of the president. So, so therefore, he is not the anointed uh, presidential contender. Uh, uh, since PDP Laban is considered as the ruling party, since it's the president's party, so it does appear that uh, there are now factions within the the camp of the uh, president. So, so that uh, that uh, rift within uh, PDP Laban is an indication that uh, it's not a solid uh, 
administration uh, camp anymore. That's why uh, when we were discussing uh, the, the viability of uh, the candidacy of uh, Mayor Sara, she's a viable candidate, but uh, it doesn't translate to uh, victory. automatic victory because right now uh, she's uh, registering uh, 28 or 27%. So that's in, that's not enough to win the presidency. So I would say that right now it's a very a very open race. So uh, I agree with uh, with uh, to Attorney Tony that uh, that the Pakia vote will will really cut across the Mindanao vote, and that that would be a very significant factor in these coming elections. Whereas the other candidates would be coming outside of Mindanao. I think uh, if Pakia runs, uh, it will uh, definitely. Uh, place a large dent on the uh, candidacy of Mayor uh, Sara Duterte. Attorney uh, Tony, speaking of uh, Senator Manny Pacquiao, my, my first question is, where does this rift leave Senator Manny Pacquiao, this rift within the PDP Laban? And number two, uh, can Manny Pacquiao actually uh, somehow change his image and disengage himself from President Duterte? given the idea or the perception, if not the reality, that he had been a supporter for so long. And all of a sudden, because of the election, just like other politicians, they're trying to disengage themselves from the president because they have their own ambitions. Yeah. For, first, on the question, I just want to say, Christian, that uh, it's wrong to say that Pacquiao is already out of PDP Laban and that the Kusifa... These are two factions. Yeah. Uh, if this is purely independent, I think the Pimentel faction will win, should win, because they're the real PDP Laban. You know, you look at the the, the faces of the Duterte Cusi faction; those are not PDP Laban. We know that, historically speaking. So, uh, and there's this precedent on that. I mean, Pimentel won against uh, I, I I think uh, another group uh, in 2019. For for the same. Same shenanigans. So Pimental should win this also. Except that, of course, Comelec, uh, you know, it's up to Comelec to decide that. And, and uh, you know, I don't know whether Comelec will 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 rule, right? So there's an expectation that they'll probably rule in favor of Duterte. But but don't count that out. And it goes to the Supreme Court. Um, secondly, it doesn't matter too much now. You know, it, it used to matter. Uh, that's the other thing. I mean, it's sad because... Uh, it, it reinforces this this no need for a political party. In the past, it matters to other political party. Why? Because those were your watchers. Uh, those were your guarantee that you wouldn't be cheated, that you will have a watcher for every precinct. But with automation, you don't need that anymore. You don't need watchers anymore because automation, the vote is counted in 10, 10 minutes, five minutes, transmitted. Uh, and you cannot watch the the computer as it as it transmits, right? So you don't really need a political party anymore in the country for purposes of what it used to be, which is you. There are your election watchers. So, and and Pacquiao can just establish his own party uh, if if they really lose, or they can just call themselves some kind of PDP Laban uh, with 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 uh, with um, uh, uh, Pimentel. And he'll be able to pay, you know, for every precinct, uh, a number of election workers in his side. So, so I don't see that as a, a downside. Now, your question is, is there a pathway for him to break away from Duterte? Yes, obviously, uh, even with that perception. Uh, first of all, he's not from Davao. So he was never seen as an insider of the Duterte camp. I mean, he was supporting Duterte in the Senate, but he was not. Uh, you know, it's not like uh, Bato, for example, uh, that that's clearly uh, owes loyalty everything. Pacquiao always had his own uh, sort of uh, fan base and his own uh, person. But more importantly, Pacquiao can find an issue and hammer that again and again against the Duterte candidate, against the Duterte administration. Doesn't take rocket science to know what that is, right? Uh, it's corruption. It's COA. It's corruption, corruption, corruption. That is the most corrupt government ever. All of that. We just kept. We just hear that. We will hear that again and again. Now, does that have credibility to the elite? No, 
because they also see Pacquiao as having, you know, uh, 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 taken advantage of taxes, etc. But the poor, of course, it matters. Of course, the poor will believe Pacquiao on that. Okay, uh, uh, Professor Kiko, yung yung enabler tag, lumulutang nate this early, de ba? Uh, this is used in reference to some of the viable or probable candidates for 2022 for the for the presidential election. Is it correct to link or to somehow refer to the likes of Manny Pacquiao, Isko Moreno, or uh, Senator Ping Lacson as former Duterte enablers? Uh, well, we have uh, to consider that... Uh... They are performing a function. Uh, they they are, uh, let's say, senators. So, uh, of course, they 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 uh, they would support the uh, the president. So they they it's the majority party, and uh, they therefore get uh, uh, chairmanship in uh, in committees. So uh, you you find this uh, type of. Uh, Uh, political uh, decision making, uh, so that you 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 stay relevant, uh, considering that uh, the the parties do not impose uh, 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 disciplinary uh, or even uh, 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 position with respect to uh, what you decide with respect to certain uh, uh, issues. So. Uh, You see that uh, they are uh, they are playing the game, uh, but uh, as as you move closer to the election period, therefore, and you have ambitions, then then you have to uh, to find a way by which you you would try to separate yourself. Uh, but, but of course, that are not the anointed. Uh, uh, but of course, there there should be at least some non-negotiables, and I'd like to ask about some of them, uh, Attorney uh, Tony. Uh, the centerpiece campaign of President Duterte in 2016 was against criminality. He mentioned the drug war. He put that front and center of the discussions, even if based on the surveys then, that was not exactly top of mind by the electorate. But he was successful in that regard. In the case of the uh, politicians we've mentioned, Manny Pacquiao, um, Ting Lakso, Isko Moreno, Regarding the issue of the drug war, the way it was waged, the thousands who were killed in that drug war, uh, they think they should have stood uh, more firmly against or even about that. Uh, not We understand the idea that as politicians, given the realities of the position, they had to play the game in the words of uh, Professor Kiko. But in that case, what do you think? Uh, what matters for me, Christian, is what they say now and what they will do in the future. Um, because if we're gonna talk about uh, enabling and impl implying people, there's so many enablers in our society, and that if we if we don't um, uh, kind of uh, look at uh, what they say now and what they will do uh, in the future and 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 make them accountable for that, uh, it's going to very be very hard to find. I mean, I'll give you a, a hypothetical, Christian. Uh, because we haven't talked about VP Robredo, who, by the way, I think is the most qualified from an opposition point of view and probably the most uh, prepared for the presidency given the kind of work she's done. Um, would we be saying this about her if she, in fact, stayed on in the cabinet? Um, uh, and I think she wanted to stay on in the cabinet if she could have because that would have made her work more more, more effective. Of course we won't, right? Um, but she would have had to deal with this type of situation also given given that kind of role so i think it's very important to have that i mean i uh, what i find distressing in our political discourse is the idea of people that uh uh you can have a pure politics that you can have uh 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 you know people that are all the perfect person the the only Not even the perfect person, but the only choice is this or that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I admire President Aquino having done so many things, but I can also say that the and the Liberal Party, there's quite, the Liberal Party is also the same, the same people there are also the same people uh, that went after their fellow senator, Senator Laila, and, you know, I mean, big parts of them. 
just broke out. So, so I think it's very important not to. And whoever wins in the election, they will have to deal with the, with the, with you know, with the, with the, with the politicians. The, the because they have to find a majority in Congress, a majority in the Senate. So I think it's very important to, to, uh, uh, to put our minds at, um, at what the future should look like. Uh, and make this campaign about the future should not be, in my view, not about the past, both the, the current past and also about the remote past. The Dutertes will make this about Noina Aquino, right, which is ridiculous. Um, but neither should this just be about Duterte himself and his record. It should be about how do we exit from the pandemic? How do we deal with the climate emergency? I was just telling Kiko that occupies me. 48 hours a day, uh, aside from the, all the other things I do, because it's really what we're going to face is, is massive. Um, and so that's the kind of thing I'm going to look for from our, our candidates. Okay. Now, uh, Attorney Tony mentioned uh, competence. I'd like to ask that uh, in this next question for uh, Professor Kiko Magno. Competence. Uh, again, uh, para lang maliwanag sa mga nanonood sa atin. Sometimes uh, people who are watching, uh, they tend to feel bad whenever uh, we get to ask about the competence of certain candidates. But that is a fair question, especially in the context of the upcoming elections. It's not enough to ask about the qualifications because the qualifications are the same according to the Constitution. But the level of competence has to be scrutinized. So that is the uh, <laughs> the premise that I'd like to make clear. So yeah, uh, Professor Kiko, uh, let's talk about competence, for instance. Uh, unahin natin kay, ano, kay Senator Manny Pacquiao. It's one thing to be very popular and to be a viable candidate. But do you think, given his experience in public office, he is ready for such a position already? I mean, this was also an issue that we had to also uh, talk about during the previous election cycles. Tinanong din naman to in the case of President Duterte, who was a long-time mayor. But in the case of Senator Manny Pacquiao, popular as he is, uh, the, what, what do you think of his competence? Uh, of course, uh, you have to judge the uh, the candidate on the basis of uh, of his performance in the uh, position that he, he he is currently occupying or has previously occupied. So, uh, not only for politicians, let's say if there is a non-politician candidate, how he or she uh, performs, uh, let's say, in business, if he, he or she is a business person, or if he or she is an educator, how, how good he or she is. Uh, but uh, uh, look at the governance, look at the policymaking uh, side. So uh, we have to judge, let's say, uh, Senator Manny Pacquiao on the basis of his performance as a senator. Uh, previously, he was a, a, congress, a congressman. So we should judge on the basis of his performance in, in the legislature. And what do you think of this performance? I understand that he, he, he was absent uh, a lot of times. Uh, so we have to look at uh, his uh, performance in the committee hearings uh, and his performance when it comes to bills filed as well as uh, bills that became uh, laws. So uh, perhaps uh, he may not have been performing well in these areas. So uh, I would say that he would need more uh, more training, I suppose. Uh, I don't know about Tony, uh, but uh, oh, if it's... maybe vice president. He can he can run as vice president. So Speaking he... of training, uh, para malaman din ng mga nanonood sa atin, yung, yung training, no? So um, a good number of politicians that. over the previous election cycles, uh, a good number of them actually took up training right? in terms of public governance, legislative work after they won, huh? not before they ran. I, but after I know, uh, 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 train kay Senator yeah. and others through DAP. Uh, uh, so, okay, naman kasi mag naman na student yun, eh. So, for me, uh, but I'm it's, it's about the absenteeism that bothers me, diba? Right? Uh, because he was still doing all of these fights. I mean, that, that's the excuse uh, that he was making all of us happy by by fighting uh, for us. No, but that 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 uh, that seems to be not a, a, a valid excuse. And of course, he has had positions that are not 
uh, that are problematic no against against for example homosexuals uh, uh the war against drugs uh the death penalty i that that's why i i like Manny Pacquiao as a boxer as a fellow Mindanaoan but i i can't support him uh because of those things right unless he actually changes and and i believe that he actually changed his position and not just for politics right um but But if he has a compelling message, to be honest, uh, because of this pandemic, you know, I I I do multiple things and have multiple advocacy. You know, as you know, Christian, the peace process, Mindanao, accountability, all of that, climate change. Uh, but what has really come out very stark to me in this pandemic uh, is the unfairness of our society, the social inequality in our society. Okay. So I really look forward, win or lose, that Manny Pacquiao and Isko Moreno hammers that and their credible voices for that, precisely because of what you said, what they had to go through to reach where they are, what Hidlin Diaz had to go through to reach uh, uh, what they have, what Paalam had to go through. Mm -hmm. That is so unfair. It is so unfair. It is such a condemnation of our society. That I want a candidate. If I if I can find a candidate that can convince, not just rhetorically, but can actually lead us out of that. Because other societies in in Southeast Asia, Kikwan, I work in 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 different uh, in different countries around the region. They're not like that. I mean, they have other problems too, but they don't have the kind of inequality uh, that we have in our society. Okay. And and so the message is very important to me in that respect. Okay. Attorney Tony Lavinia and Professor Francisco Magno, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. And before we go, calls to extend the voter registration period here in the Philippines is growing louder, or are growing louder. Over 2,000 people have signed a petition by a group called Impact Leadership, which urges the Commission on Elections to move the September 30th deadline. The group claims millions of eligible voters remain unregistered and some 28 days dedicated to voter registration have been lost this year due to the lockdowns. Como, like I said, there are already 61 million registered voters here in the country, surpassing the uh, 59 million target. So that's it for tonight's episode. This has been your host, Christian Esguera. You can watch this episode again on I1TFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now, for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.